And now we're finally talking about movies of 2019 in this special episode of The Last King Podcast. It's 2020 still. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, hey, it's me, Cedric Tom. It's another episode of The Last King Podcast. Who are you? I am Shafiq versus Ferrari. John, who are you? And this is uh, Mrs. Toffee, always a parasite. No hey, here we go. We're referencing movies yep. because it's time to talk about movies. No, I think he's just being honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm being <laughs> very too. honest. Yeah. I'm a parasite. I was, I, I was trying yes. to be polite about it and like, you know, not reference it. But, you know, <laughs> when have we been polite about it? <laughs> Again, yes, good exactly. point. Yep. So we're going to be talking about the movies we enjoyed because we've talked about video games, we talked about TV shows here and there. And we've done, we've already done like the first two. So we're going to end this trilogy of 2019 with and Apex, unlike uh, Rise of Skywalker it's gonna be a good end to a trilogy yes a good end. yeah I saw that yes. <laughs> oh boy yeah uh, spoiler alert it's on none of our I lists I can't believe you actually had to wait <laughs> you know what I think I'm kind of proud of us because for the first time ever as the Last King podcast a very pop culture very nerdy very aficionado kind of show right our top 10 lists don't include a single goddamn superhero movie well, it's like we're maturing or shit. I have a, I have an honorable <laughs> mention of a, so. of a uh, superhero movie. So I also have a kind of an honorable mention. I just need to like remind people to watch fucking Alita: Battle Angel, please. Yes, please for fuck's sake, <laughs> go get the Blu-ray and watch that because it was. She is a superhero. It was a so beautiful movie which needed much which, more attention. Again, need to remind people. Okay. A, it's a Hollywood adaptation of a manga slash anime that is done very well. Mm-hmm. B, weirdly, it is very faithful to the source material. Yeah, extremely. It's extremely <laughs> close. C, Rosa Salazar, enough said. Yeah, I mean, okay? yeah, you need to watch everything that woman does for the rest of her life. And D, fucking rollerball. The, the motorball, whatever, what's it called again? Motorball? Motor uh, motor, motorball. Motorball. That scene. Dude, all the fighting scenes are easy to follow. Yeah. That's for sure. Everything. Because, All hey, fights, what a surprise. Um, Rodriguez knows what he's doing. What a surprise. A, a James Cameron had to remind him. Yeah. <laughs> he's yes. probably there. Yeah, Cameron had to remind him. like, oi, no, stop it. The thing is, right, I, I, know I, I, don't, I don't love bringing this up again, but it was Robert Rodriguez's idea to make the eyes big because yeah. he wanted her to look like yeah. the, the anime. And it's like it was a choice, and she's a cyborg. Yeah. For it was a choice yeah, that kind so of worked she's not supposed because to it gave her that otherworldly look that and I thoroughly appreciated. After a while, and it kind of helps that Rose Salazar's got kind of big eyes on anyway. Yeah, true. Actually, the thing is, like when I watch something like Undone, it's like I kind of miss the big eyes. It's like ah, oh, yeah, something's off about her. Although, considering how often <laughs> she cries in that, <laughs> she's uh, too that realistic. Really yeah. ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Just like fucking uh, Niagara Falls coming down the face the entire time. They should have done the anime cry then. Yeah. <laughs> So please watch Alita Battle Angel. We urge you. Okay? Yeah. I do hope there's actually a sequel because I would like I don't to think so. Up. It didn't crack enough money, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's considered a flop stateside, but it did make numbers Internationally, globally. it made back its money, so we'll see. And that's all that matters half the yeah. time. International money. But Disney yeah. owns it now and, you know... Nah, they're they going to shelve it. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. what they don't need another franchise to chaperone, let alone stand in the way of their other franchises. Yeah. Which they bought too. Yeah. So speaking of franchises, we're not going to talk about one for uh, John. What's your first choice? I believe my first choice for the film is probably everybody's first yeah. choice. <laughs> um, uh, Parasites. This uh, Korean movie from the guy who made the Bong host. Bong Joon-ho. Right? Bong Joon-ho, uh, yeah. Bong Joon-ho. And also uh, Snowpiercer, the train movie. So yeah, this film, as uh, a lot of people know, it's about a poor family trying to work their way into a rich family. 
by, you know, taking up tutoring jobs, being the driver and whatnot. To say more beyond that is very spoiler-heavy because this is a movie you kind of need to watch on its entirety. I mean, if you know the basic premise, it's more than enough. What really deserves mentioning is basically how the director and the writer actually weaves in the whole rich people, poor people, uh, dichotomy analogy really hmm. well. Like, when one person sees rain as something lovely, the other person sees it as a catastrophe waiting to happen. As a particular scene happens halfway in the okay. film. In a sense, yes, yes. But in the whole, uh, in the way it addresses uh, the Korean, uh, South Korean way of how people live per hmm. se, like the poor, rich, uh, how, how, how divided it really is in reality. I mean, it's contemporary. But at the same time, you get to see that everyone here aren't exactly good people, but they're not villains either. So you either love and hate them at the same time. Like, you kind of want them to, you kind of want like the patriarch and the son to actually kind of get through this. But at the same time, you kind of feel disgusted that they're trying to work their way through it. After the son actually gets in, he tries to actually get his sister and tries okay, to get his mother and get the dad. Yeah, really now, I haven't seen a movie. Down. This is uh, <laughs> an important thing to say. Oh, this is very early in the film, dude. I haven't even talked about the other stuff okay. later on, yeah. which I won't. I mean, but what we can definitely talk about is the though. escalation. Okay, I mean, as much as it yes, is yes. an exercise in demonstrating the classes' struggles between middle class, lower class, strong and... Strong anti-capitalist sentiments that uh, Bong Joon-ho doesn't has. have strong anti-capitalist sentiments that's the best thing about it yeah it's not on the nose about it at all because the thing is right you you kind of root for one section of the the cast and then all yep. of a sudden you had to root for the other section because you realize in the terms of humanity there is no true good or bad person hmm. everybody's a survivor yeah, or a struggler yeah. in their own way okay and the thing is the varying yeah, yeah. Uh, levels of success that is uh, represented by the different characters right I think that there's also one thing that you enjoy when you watch something like this. Like, you want to say something like, even the host, you know, where he clearly depicts that class is a strong component of a lot of his storytelling. Where, you know, like, how would us as normal citizens of Korea deal with something like this? Okay. And, uh, but. Stopius is also another one. Too. Yeah, and, and the thing is, right, what, the one thing about. Uh, the director and the writer is right. Their genius ability. Because the thing is, why I mentioned the host is like it's basically a giant horror monster movie, but it's also a comedy. Have you seen yeah, the host? Yeah, it is, it is. No, I've I've re. It's a good. Film, I've been dude. slacking you on my it. Korean uh, movies. So it's like when you look at it, you think to yourself like, oh, this is like one of those cheesy Cloverfield style movies or Godzilla style movies, right? Yeah. And then it slaps you with comedy, and it huh. it, it hits you in a way that is like, oh yeah, Korean people are weird. <laughs> Uh, Parasite's like the opposite. It actually starts off as a comedy yes, and, and then, then it, it veers it, to another It's a very, I would say, a schizophrenic movie where it doesn't just jump in tone and pace but it slowly loses yeah. its mind along with the audience. It's like a nice, gradual, okay. you know, not it's jarring It's a slow burn. But yeah. That's bad. Well, you, know, you saw me on two movies somehow. You have to watch Two for the Price of One. Host, sir. And there's really not much to say if unless, uh, I mean, there's really not much to say except Parasite's definitely a reason why Can I talk you know, about the performance this guy is making the dad, a lot of movies. <laughs> oh yes, yes, please. That guy is—he's the one who takes you by the surprise the best, and the, oh, yes. the brilliance in his performance, right? Because it's like it's like a it, it, like a Pokemon. Basically, <laughs> 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 yes. Shout Again, I can't go into spoilers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, probably the best okay. way. Okay, I don't know. All right, yeah. No, either way, I was always gonna watch this movie because. Everyone is really singing its praises. I mean, it's it won best foreign. It deserves right, it. At the it Golden deserves Globes. It. Yeah, 
And uh, I, so. I loved uh, Bong Joon Ho's um, interview, which is he said that if people could get over the f- the fear of like a six inches of text, Subtitles. you can open your world to yeah. all kinds of movies. I, I like how uh, yeah, no fucks given he is in interviews. Speaking of no fucks given, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was I cracked up so hard. Best Jeffrey Epstein joke ever. <laughs> that was a good Jeffrey oh Epstein God, joke. Yeah. Yes, it was good. It was good. <laughs> He's, he's not coming back next year, right? No. It's uh They keep they keep saying that, but then no, they're gonna bring a, him back It's a Tina Fey and Amy Poehler again. Oh, I hope they paid him both the same price as they did for him the last time. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's like alternate. God, are they gonna do that joke again? <laughs> I mean, I hope that they have some new material. Yeah. God damn you, Will Arnett, you let that go. <laughs> no, he's too busy with that. <laughs> Bojack money, sir. Yeah. Wow. So yes, uh, Parasite. Uh a very nice reminder that every once in a while, you know, like Korea, has, you make some really cool fucked up shit. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. yeah. Where does it stack with old boy? Uh, old boy's still the king, one, right? Actually. The king of like. Well, you watch it once and you're that done. Fucking uh, reveal in the last. You don't want to watch it again because it's just terrifying. Jesus Christ! Talk about a setup, right? Yeah. Talk about a setup, yes. and it's like oh. the payoff. Fucking hell. No, I love the fact that is uh the, the, the tagline was a revenge story. Yeah. But and then the realize, like oh and, oh, and how, the revenge and from how. the other point of view. Yeah. And well then, yeah. Fuck you, Spike Lee, for thinking you could remake that. No, he didn't remake it. It's a reinterpretation. Have you seen the interviews? That yeah. smug asshole. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was I think there was a gun pointing at him for him to say positive things because he probably did not want to no, do No, no, but here's the, the hypocrisy place. of it all because somebody asked him like, so you know a film like Old Boy has a strong following and there are a lot of purists out there who feel that it's one of those few films that cannot be touched. And then Spike Lee went on to say like, nah, nah, nah. They need to like get over themselves because it's, it's, it's an interpretation. And then, like, the, the same interview asked oh, him, man. so which of your movies would you like people to... Uh, reinterpret. Reinterpret. And he said, none. <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, Some of them could do an right. update. Like, you know, Chirac could have been done better. Which one? Chirac. Chirac's okay. It, which is why it could be I mean, reinterpreted into a better movie. Yeah, true that. I mean, like, the thing about Spike Lee's career is, like, everything he did for the first 10 years are classics. And then he just, I don't know, uh... <laughs> What happened? Well, I mean, Inside <laughs> Man she lost was interest. Good. Maybe Inside Man was good. Twenty Three Hours is not bad. I kind of enjoyed Black Clansman, right. but the ending kind of like gave gave when me. When he decided, this got too preachy for no reason. Well, it's because he was afraid people don't understand subtext. Eesh. He doesn't understand subtext because have you seen the old boy remake? Yeah, he got rid of all the subtext. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yes. Uh, speaking of remakes, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, John, uh, do you have anything else you want to add about Parasite or honorable mentions? Uh, well, actually, I did su- I did see this comedy last year called Ooh. Booksmart, which actually wasn't too bad. I mean, at first it seemed like super bad for girls, but it went on becoming its own thing with its own jokes and its own uh, payoffs and a nice way to use Jason Sudeikis yet again as a principal slash Uber driver. Oh, sorry, Lyft driver. Yeah, Jason yes. Sudeikis is one of those uh, actors who... Doesn't seem to be given that much work, but it's always amazing whenever he pops up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know why he's given a side role because the focus is meant on the yeah. two girls of he works, the show like, itself. Yes. I've never been super impressed with his leading roles, but like for example, supporting in Colossal, he was absolutely amazing. Oh, genius yeah. in that one. Yes. 
I think because he doesn't have the, the Hollywood good looks to just land these I mean, kind of roles. Like, well, he's he does, does, he's but... better looking than Jason uh, Bateman. I don't know. Like, Batman's always Yeah, busy. but Jason Bateman pro- like, produces his own shit. He also did Arrested Development. So, yeah, so he's yeah. got... He I think he needs to produce his own yeah. stuff. I mean, like, yeah. I'm sorry, Jason Sudeikis, you, you're not like Jake Gyllenhaal. No. You know what I mean? You're not that level yet. So he knows his place. Uh, maybe a couple more Angry Birds movies. Oh, maybe yeah. he might get enough money <laughs> Actually, for the producer Actually, the first stuff. Angry Birds was not horrible. Like, it... I... I it's, it's pretty bad. No, it's not a good <laughs> know, movie, but it was an entertaining plain movie. I'll put it that way. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. Um, yeah, so Booksmart. I mean, again, I thought it was going to be like a run-in-the-mill uh, Will Ferrell kind of sticks but it ended up becoming a bit more i mean i guess funny's one smart's another and a bit more insightful because these are friends who kind of like each other but they hate each other as as the whole night progresses per se uh without spoiling anything it's a nice little journey about what how your friendship is tested depe- depending on how you spend your last days of uh, hmm, sounds school, like all of my say. school friendships <laughs> yeah yeah except this one feels a bit more real okay. per se i mean more real again, than my and then uh, you've got like friendships you trying to say I mean, they're, they're real too, but this one's like, you know, in a different perspective right, and everything. And, and it involves mannequins for some reason, so... Huh. Yeah. There, there's a drug sequence. Okay, alright, so. fine. Yes, yes. I mean, like, all these comedies must have at least one drug sequence or two. This one's done pretty well, actually. Okay, this is <laughs> Olivia Wilde's their total debut, right? Uh, Olivia Wilde's uh, debut, yes. And it's actually pretty good, yeah. And even got some surprise cameos from even... Yeah, like I said, Jesus Sudeikis and even uh, Lisa oh, Kudrow wow. for some Well, people. it's not like she's busy yeah, these yeah. days. Yeah, a nice little cameo. Yes, involving a panda bear, which I won't spoil. Okay. So she right. emerges from one, or she is one. Um, yeah, again, I'm not gonna spoil All it. Right, so well, that's you well, I was gonna watch it anyway, but like that's like the sweetener. That's I kind guess. of a review, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, like the reason why it's honorable mention because I think Parasite just brings comedy, thriller, this little combination to another level. So, book smarts more like a few steps below but it's still a really fun comedy I'll watch over and it's over like, again it's a good debut whereas Parasite is the combination of someone's career I mean it's totally yeah, yeah. unfair to compare the two yeah, of course it's not a fair comparison <laughs> it is it is yeah, but, yeah sure they're both comedies but one is actually a bit high level Parasite is the technically other, a comedy <laughs> whereas Booksmart yeah. is it's a comedy yeah totally a comedy, a comedy. <laughs> totally you know a comedy I mean like when you look at something like yeah. Parasite it's like there are funny moments in it. You have to laugh. So it's technically a comedy, but it's not intending to be one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. and uh, speaking of like uh, any uh, shows that kind of veer in a comedy drama kind of method, let's talk about Marriage Story. Huh. That show is not a comedy yes. at also, all. Sir. It's a no I mean, bum okay, movie. It's a drama. It's a drama. Comedy? But there's still some. <laughs> There are still little moments here and there. But I do love yeah, some so. of the moments, especially when they're talking to their lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Marriage Story is also one of my audible mentions. It stars Adam Driver and uh, yeah Scarlett Johansson as a couple, as a married couple who are on the process of breaking up and the divorce, and try to figure out who gets to keep the kid and whatnot. So it's a huge process that goes on and. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just a process of a divorce. Okay. That's a horrible a review. Very... This is this generation's Kramer versus Kramer, sir. And we have two actors okay, in their peak. We have them 
leaving behind the fucking chewings of uh, being in franchise films and reminding us, oh, these fuckers can act if they yeah. are given the chance. It's fucking Adam yeah, Driver these are, these are and his beautiful soliloquy prime. about how his heart was broken and he gave up all of his 20s to Scarlett Johansson, who was pushing tears, by the way, sir, before he punched the wall. It's like, this boy can act. Give him things to do. Stop starring in girls or Star Wars movies Adam Driver no he he needs to be in more things yes fuck me and then like he, the other movie he came he was in was like the, that really shitty Jim Jarmer's zombie movie which I don't recommend but it's also kind of fun to watch because it's kind of stupid yeah but then again you know having Adam it's more like a guilty pleasure kind it's of not film, even guilty right? pleasure this is like an exercise in don't give a fuck ah. because it's literally Adam <laughs> Driver and Bill Murray playing two kind of hick town like sheriff and deputy as a zombie apocalypse happens to their farm and then aliens happen and Selena Gomez and blah 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 how is that not like an amazing movie because again Jim Jarmusch is in his don't give a fuck phase ah, so there's literally right, a yeah, scene yeah. where like uh, what's her name I think it's Tilda Swinton I think it was Tilda Swinton who gets sucked into a, a UFO and fucking Bill Murray turns to Adam Driver and says like I didn't expect it to happen and then Adam Driver says to him like oh uh, I did and like Bill Murray is like oh, how did you know uh, I read the script and he's like there's a script yeah Jim gave me the script oh for fuck's sake it's one of those movies did, did this actually happen like, yes literally it's, it's meta for the point yeah. of meta but there's also an amazing scene where Adam Driver has to cut off Selena Gomez's head because she turned into a zombie <laughs> so it's like and there's literally a scene where he's standing in the doorway holding her head and it's like okay I, it had to be done you know, like, you know what I think I blame Mel Brooks for that script gag Ever since Robert Hood Men in Tights, it became like an acceptable thing in some comedies to do. It's been going around, sir. Breaking the fourth wall has happened yeah. for the longest time. No, breaking fourth wall is one thing, but like starting calling out the script yeah. is a whole other like bullshit thing to Even do. Even before Mel Brooks, really, it's been around. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it... for quite a while. No, yes. but at least that like when Mel Brooks does it, it's like yeah, okay, you know, it there is comedy involved. There is a, but it's also a, like an element of and... yeah. There is some existentialist moment where you realize that we are all part of a process. But this is literally like, uh, I have no idea how to write around this. Jim Jarmusch, I love a lot of his films, but this is a man who is too old to give a shit. And then like, you know, watch Marriage Story. <laughs> All right. If you want to see something truly yeah. die, watch Love Die in a Marriage Story. Yes. Because it's like, Scarlett Johansson also puts in the work. You know, she like, she did... A lot of work, dude. I a fucking like, love both, both of them, you know. Yeah, and yeah. It's like that super realistic portrayal of two people who, despite the fact that they've established so much of a relationship so much of a family and there's like there's so much at stake and then there's their egos and then there's their homes and then there's the child they have yeah the, the and you just and the child, watch yeah. them like you know struggle between trying to make it work because there's all these brilliant moments right where they're like uh, cons uh, consulting with their lawyers and the lawyers are yeah. literally the, the, the most fucked up things <laughs> like Laura Dern deserves her golden globe I would say because she's literally trying to screw Adam Driver's character over constantly. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Just say that he had an affair. Fuck it. And then like, fucking yeah. on the other side is like Ray Liotta <laughs> was uh, Adam Driver's lawyer. And then they, like for some reason, like it was supposed to be uh, what Alan Alda was like the... I, I don't know Alan the character Alda, names. Yes, I'm yes. just saying the character's names because it's like, I was just spellbound yeah. by... Firstly, Noel Baumbach. Like, I say his best movie since Francis Ha. Okay. Mm. Yes, Definitely. Yes. And another thing is like, um, and then like his girlfriend made Little Women, which I'm really desperate to see. When is that, that really coming out? Uh, hopefully soon. Oh, I thought that was out last year. It's uh, coming out soon, yeah. man. Like, yeah, I can't wait to review Little Women. 
Mm. Anyway, you know, they're, they're really tiny. They're so small. <laughs> One of them barely two. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't let the title fool you. Marriage Story, I would say, it is this generation's Kramer versus Kramer because it's like, I've never seen a portrayal of anguish in losing somebody you love not because they go away but because the love fades within you and like literally yeah. I mean I, I need to repeat that scene when fucking Adam Driver points his finger at Scarlett Johansson and yes. says I gave up the best years of my life just to be with you and I fucking hate you now and it's like and you see it and, it, and the thing is like everybody relates to that yeah everybody to a certain extent yeah to, there, there'll always be that part or that somebody in your life that you know you, you dedicate to and then just to be disappointed and not in a cruel or brutal fashion but in a way that is just human and honest yeah. you know and it's like yeah, watching love fade away and marriage story <laughs> again it's very don't let the title watch, fool the you time. <laughs> they don't stay married yeah. <laughs> kinda <laughs> Hmm. You know, it, it's not about people getting married. Oh no, no, no! It's about what happens to everybody, the fallout yeah, through basically. the passage of time. I would say. You no, know, I mean like there are several films of this ilk, and you know, again, I don't want to bring up Kramer vs Kramer because that is the I would say the quintessential divorce movie. But but this one is definitely a this close one second. hits you hard because the way th- this yeah. film is framed. And the way that, you know, we made the joke that everything happens in a room. You are trapped in that room in that conversation with those two actors. Mm. And then there's no yeah. cutaways and there's no, like, uh, ways for you to escape this emotion. And it's like, mm-hmm. and the thing is, like, the way they just do their, their, their two shots, right? When it's like Adam and Scarlett Johansson's characters just going Adam back Scarlett, and forth. Yeah. They don't even do the basic 180 rule because basically they're looking right over the shoulder into you and it's like, Oh yeah, uh, this is my fault. <laughs> Somehow I'm yeah. responsible for the breakup of these two people. Yeah, I'm sorry, Adam. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll watch angry. Rise of Skywalker. You're scary when you're angry. <laughs> you're angry when you're scary, no, Kyle. No, don't hate me, Adam. No, <laughs> I tried. I tried. Damn it. <laughs> oh, but it's like I mean. Also, the script is clever. The script is. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the genius things about Noel Bombach's storytelling, right, is that. His ability to find the most uh, interesting metaphors in the most ridiculous things. Yeah, is uh like that 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 whole scene where he's talking to his kid as they're like uh, driving away to the motel because like oh you gotta stay in New York you know because if you want to keep the kid and then like but I live in LA now I'm I'm doing my theater there yeah that's a problem yeah. you gotta somehow figure out a way and then he's like telling talking to his kid is like uh, do you like it here or do you like it in New York I like it near mommy and he's like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just moments like that it's like yeah it's, it's uh, one of the best scripts ever Marriage Story definitely is it in any running for best picture no right yes it is right uh, I thought it was nominated in the it's Oscars it's got best picture it? nomination best actor best actress best uh, original screenplay I am really best on, uh, supporting actress as well for if Laura it wins Dern. screenplay I wouldn't yeah, be for Laura Dern. because the thing is the only other screenplay I want to win is uh, Once Upon a Time Hmm. And the thing is, right, Quentin already got the Golden Globe for it. Yeah. So I'm totally fine if we give the Oscar to uh, to Marriage Story instead. Because that script is delicious, you know. And the thing for is, sure. I caught myself re-watching the film just to hear the lines delivered. And then, like, when you find out that, yeah, no ad-libs, that's the lines. That's what how it was written. You know what I mean? There's something so human and honest about it. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, 
very similar to another film I like, like The Irishman, which I'm not gonna, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna step on anybody's toes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I shall step back now. Yeah. Because this is a true relationship. I want everybody to have a turn to talk. Okay. So, John, do you have any other <laughs> honorable mentions you want to like? Uh... uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, hey. Actually. Oh, all right, cool. Um, so, Shavik. Uh, no, no. I mean, we can't talk. I mean, the thing is, there's Knives Out, there's Avengers, but you guys talked about oh, yeah. that already. So what do you think of Knives Out? Yeah. That was really good. I enjoy a really good original murder mystery story. Mm. Especially with uh, a very huge eclectic cast from... What's that? Uh, what's that? Especially uh, Chris... Pine? Hemsworth? Okay, Captain America. Evans. Ca- yeah. Evans, thank you. Wait, Chris, because I was about to say Captain America. Chris Jesus Evans Christ. as a piece of shit um, uh, red yes. boy is fantastic. We haven't seen him for a while in that yeah. form. And, so, um, yeah. What's his face? Daniel Craig's... Uh, <laughs> Detective. Oh, the Southern Detective. The guy's getting a sequel. Yeah, the sequel is going to be him on another case. And I want him to have a completely different accent. But how are you going to call it Knives Out 2? It's going to call something. It'll be like a spiritual successor or something. Hmm. Yeah. From the South. Like the Cornetto trilogy. No, I want want him to have like a hardcore Bronx accent in the next one. And then after that, it's like something extremely French or something. Just like he has a very inconsistent accent the entire time. Yeah, that could work. Multiple characters. No, no, same character, yeah. just a different accent. Whenever he gets a new case. No, but he's. Yeah. Did he get nominated as well? No, no, right. He got no. Knives Out got yeah. only best screenplay and best director. Original screenplay, yeah, screenplay right? and best director. Director, I don't know. The direction's fine. I don't see anything spectacular about it. Uh, it's mostly the actors that did the best, especially Daniel Craig and uh, yeah, Chris. I'm, yeah. On the, I'm on the fence about the movie. I mean, I give it like a seven, which is very rare yeah but I don't know I have I don't have problems with it I just felt like uh, I, I kind of wanted more of a whodunit in my whodunit yeah I mean it's not quite what the movie expected but it was you know a fun movie to watch yeah and I, I like yeah, the yeah, ending definitely. as well I like the ending too though I wish that the reveal had been a lot smarter than that yeah because I kind of saw it was Chris Evans character from the start yeah but I think like part of the movie is like you know how is it him like, mm. yeah, like you try to work out who yeah it is. just uncovering I, that part actually I still want to pitch my nice ending bit. where it was Daniel Craig the whole time he, like, oh yeah <laughs> and he's just like trying just to gaslight insane. everybody <laughs> yeah he's just being he's a master of disguise I can speak any accent I want <laughs> and then it turns out like, everyone pulls off their faces actually just all Daniel Craig <laughs> I've just been fucking with the house really all this time that would have been a much better movie sir. yeah Unfortunately, would have not won any awards. No, but it won our award. Like <laughs> award for like most fucked up movie. Like watch this, sheesh. Yeah. So John, you done? Uh yeah yeah. Let's go to Shafiq's picks yeah. for best movies ever. I thought yeah. oh, okay fine. So uh my favorite movie of 2019. It's a tie, boys and girls. It's uh between Quentin Tarantino and the other master Martin Scorsese. Two men in the twilight of their careers. One wants to quit. One won't quit, but might eventually quit due to natural causes. <laughs> So I'm very That's worried. Less euphemism for someone dying. Stop it. <laughs> I work very hard on these jokes, goddammit. So anyway, uh, last game podcast. Quality comedy here. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. Anyway, uh, so The Irishman came out and um, talk about a love letter to an era and to a style of filmmaking. And uh, Once Upon a Time in America came out. Uh, talk about a love letter to a style and an era in filmmaking. Yeah. And there's like these two parallels that I saw. And the strangest thing is, right, the line right down the middle is basically one got made through the studio system and one didn't. And the one that didn't get made is the one that was directed by fucking Martin Scorsese because we live in this world right now. Yeah. yeah. Where a fucking yeah. Avengers movie can get a billion dollars because sure, we need to push product, 
But fucking Martin Scorsese with a good idea and his pals, fucking Robin De Niro, Al Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, fucking Harvey Keitel also shows up. Oh, Christ. Yes. And okay, you got Harvey almost Keitel. everybody. If only you could have gotten Jack Nicholson, then it's like the complete, you know, the set, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it blows my mind to be like, Al Pacino said in an interview is like, you know, I never had a chance to work with Martin until today. And I was like, wait, what? They've How? known each other since the 70s. They've known each other since Godfather. And it's like, they never work together. And when they finally do, it's like, now? Like, we live in a world where this is a thing. <sighs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to talk at too much length about either of these films because... Well, one we already reviewed. We, we've done. We, 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 we can't. It's, it's too much. Like, watch these films, okay? I know The Irishman is, a, is really long. Take your time. You can watch it as a miniseries, but yeah. I thoroughly recommend you don't watch it because uh, it is... Again, uh, one of the things and the, the, the themes uh, I love about, you know, Martin Scorsese's cinema verite is basically his sense of escalation and his sense of scale because it is the epic, uh, this is the, the final Goodfellas, I would say. Spiritual mm. successor, nonetheless. Based on the true story, following the life of uh, legendary teamster huckster uh, Jimmy Hoffa, played gloriously by fucking Al Pacino. Yeah. God damn does he chew the scenery. But, here's my only nitpick and not really a nitpick but kind of a like, fanboy thing where yeah. it's like literally uh, so uh, Frank played by uh, Bob De Niro yeah see I call him Bob because we're friends yeah absolutely yeah he knows me hey Bob how's it going last game podcast so Bob is his uh, bodyguard yeah and the thing is right as fans of these two brilliant method actors as fans of Robert De Niro and Al Pacino what do we know them for going big yeah Okay, when Al Pacino goes, ha ha, funny, ah, you know, and when Bobby De Niro, oh, I fucking kill you, like it's like, and they don't. They have beautiful, warm, very touching buddy cop moments, just hanging out in the bedroom in their pajamas, talking to each other like two grown men, looking back at their lives. It's like, oh yeah, it's like, I did not know I want this so much. I want to see Al Pacino and fucking uh, Robert De Niro. Just have like a far side chat. I want him to just reboot Grumpy Old Man with these two motherfuckers. Because <laughs> that would be glorious. That just could work. seeing that the two of them pal about and like, you know, like smell each other's farts in the underneath the blankets, right? It's like this. And getting angry about no, it. No, they don't get yeah. angry. They never go off on each other. That's the thing. It's just like, and they're like, Phew. you want to talk about subtlety and nuance? Fucking Joe Pesci just. Oh, Joe Pesci as that God, boss. Uh, as yeah, fucking, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, he's calm, but fucking scary. Buffalino or Buffalini? I can't remember. I think it's Buffalino. It's like the exact opposite of a Joe Pesci performance you'd expect. Everybody was subtle and nuanced, you know? Yeah. And I would say this is a masterclass in patience for the audience as well. Yeah. Sorry, jokes there. Uh, but it was also a masterclass in framing, composition, blocking, storytelling, and visual effects because goddamn the de-aging we finally crossed the uncanny valley boys I could not tell that oh wait that's a 40 year old Robert apart De Niro apart from when he was curb stomping the guy yeah or when he was getting out of the chair <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like why are you moving so slowly 30 year old Robbie De Niro <laughs> <laughs> there's, the, there's literally that scene where Al Pacino is going off on Robert Ke uh, what on Kennedy on yeah. the TV and every time he stands up the chair is like oh yeah there's a 70 year old man underneath all that CGI <laughs> yeah you could hit, vaguely yeah. hear like the <laughs> sound oh yeah this Kennedy this fucking Kennedy oh, and it's like, oh okay Calm down, Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, so, honorable mentions. 
definitely, I would say the one movie that everybody's sleeping on is uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Now, this is one where it came on our radar, but I think you were the only one who went to watch it. I went to watch it and I thought to myself, like, okay, this is from the guy who gave us Bone Tomahawk. And yeah. uh, I think Assault... Uh, really? Uh, I yeah. think there was that Vince Vaughn movie where he, had, he has to beat up an entire prison cell. Assault on Precinct 13? No. No, I could be mistaken. But the, uh, the Vince Vaughn comes back in this film, Drag Across Concrete. I didn't want to mention spoilers. I didn't want to mention too much about the film because... Well, frankly, I really wanted people to watch it and experience it for themselves. Yeah. But I think it's been a year. You had your chance. So fucking Mel Gibson is a cop who kind of, you know, decides to abuse his power a bit. Ah, one of those. One of those. And then Don Johnson decides to like chastise him and says like, okay, you're not a cop anymore. You're suspended. You've been very naughty. <laughs> You've been a very naughty boy. Yeah, so like uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn says like, ah, oh, we got to do something about this. Uh, we, we, I can't not get paid because my wife, who's also a cop, who's also kind of handicapped, and my daughter, who is like, you know, kind of being bullied by people because all her friends think that her dad is a... Uh, what do you call a, a not nice cop? Because uh, you gotta have the Black Lives Matter mentality yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, your your right, cop, right, right. your dad's a cop, he's, and he's the kind of cop who like you know, roughs people up a bit. Hmm. So there's that whole family dynamic. So, okay, on the other side of the story, there's this guy who is uh, dressed in nothing but a balaclava and tactical gear who goes around killing people and robbing them. Okay. And then there's this one gigantic score. Mm-hmm. And it's got it was probably to me I would say top three bank robbery scenes of all time, and oh, there's right. some moments in it I'm not gonna mention because you have to witness it for yourself. Because one thing I love about this director's work, right, whose name escapes me right now, I think it's like Hendrik or Frederick Zoller or something. Ah, can't really uh, recall, but he has a pension for violence that I have not seen in a while because. If you were to say like something like Bone Tomahawk, which was a genre flick. Yeah. Because it's basically a cannibal slash cowboy movie. Yeah, not one you'd expect. Uh, not one you'd expect, you know, in this day and age. But for something that could have been glorious as a cheesy throwback B-movie, mm. he played it awfully straight. Okay. And when the yeah. violence happens, it happens at a pace that is unflinching. It doesn't cut away to it. It doesn't glorify it. It doesn't zoom in. It doesn't frame it in a way that is... I would say aesthetic. Masturbatory. Not even masturbatory. Let's just say aesthetic. Like, okay. you know, when you see a gunshot in a film, we cut to zoom in, we see the script go off, the blood splatter somewhere, the guy falls down. Yeah. His films is like, when somebody's hand gets shot off, it's, it just happens in front of you and then we just keep going with the scene. Oh, oh okay. So, that it's the true grittiness to his aesthetic, right? Which I'm really interested in seeing in what he does next because from Bone Tomahawk to Drag Across Concrete, right? It's like, I would say this is probably some of the roughest cinema I've seen in a while and not rough in the sense where it's abrasive. Yeah. But rough in the sense where it's like there's a It's uncompromising. Yeah. And it's also I think deliberately unpolished is what I'm aiming for. It yeah, doesn't try to like brush over things or yeah, it doesn't yeah. try to stylize. So I really urge people to go The guy is S. Craig Zala, Sorry? I recall. S. Craig Zala. S. Craig Zala, that's the name. Thank you so much. I keep thinking of Frank Zoller or something. Hmm. Yeah, so um, it is definitely the kind of film where you have to kind of brace yourself a little bit because when the violence happens, it happens so nonchalantly, but also that's how violence is. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, yeah. nobody 
has that glorious slow motion shot when their hand gets like chopped off. Yeah, right. you don't have like you know the repeat or like the yeah, tasteful cutaway. Like when you watch like accidents on YouTube, like yeah. Oh just, yeah, no, you see everything. It just happens, mm-hmm. and it, and the thing is, right? That's how he frames it. And to him, violence is not something that is glorified or something that is used aesthetically, but it's like a punctuation to remind you of the humanity of the this characters. This is the world we live in. This is the world we live in. And like you know, like nobody has a. Classy dying words when they get shot in the stomach. Nah, nah, nah. No, the, the they, last they, word is probably like, "Oh fuck! Oh god! Oh fuck!" They, they're crying, they're wincing, they're screaming as their stomach acid like just spills into their gut. <sighs> it's like you have to think about it. It's yep. like, I would say, yeah, he is that uh, kind of director. Where to me, he feels like something like a. I wouldn't say like a logical next step, but he is an evolution of the likes of maybe like a Sam Peckinpah. Or like a Sydney Lumet, where it's like you know the original guys who gave us gritty. Yeah, you know when yeah, you see something yeah. like maybe Serpico from the seventies, where it's like the, those very gritty crop cop dramas, and it's like a return to f- uh, I would say a, a different age, but with that modern twist. And there's something mm. about it that is so visceral, and I hate to say it. And there's literally a scene where you see viscera. So. I'm warning you guys. I'm not gonna mention anything else. If you want to check it out, right? Uh, the scene where you see somebody gets get his guts removed. Okay. It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough, yeah, but necessary to the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I watch it. You I ha- think you have to brace yourself because right. I mean, literally that that scene, right? And you think it's unnecessary in your head, right? Yeah. But literally, there's a scene where one of the security guards swallows the key. Oh. And the guy says, "Like, what are we gonna do? Get the key, cut it out of him." And it just happens in front yeah. of you, you know, because like these 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 bank robber assholes is like they're they're the most dehumanized pieces of shit ever, and the the, the extents they go to, you know, and it's like who do we have to stand up to them? Fucking Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. Huh. Yeah. So it's like you what know, a weird buddy cop. What a weird buddy cop movie, and also very much to the uh, the style of this director, right? Like if you if I. If you know if you've seen Bone Tomahawk, right? Nobody ever comes out a hero in his films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. heavily recommended by me. It's like to me like a strong six and a half to seven also. Okay. But it's just the way it, he deals with the subject matter. I felt it was so refreshing in a day and age where everything felt so sanitized. That's like it's the anti John Wick where you fucking enjoy the violence yeah it's like a beautiful but it's not stylized or or yeah. this is like it's hard it's real and it's it's a constant reminder of your humanity so please check out Drag Across Concrete this director needs more work I mean him and uh, who's our favourite Greek guy Yorgos Yorgos uh, Yorgos some, yeah uh, something Polos Pantanos or something the lobster yeah. guy yeah, these are my guys to watch it's like okay yeah. well, these he, are the up and comers he got did the ever win Best Picture last year favourite yeah. No, but Oliver Coleman did. That's true. And I think he got Best Director as well. Mm, I think so. I can't remember. Yeah. So, yeah, but he's going to get work. Yeah, shout out to... Nominated at the very Sorry? least. Yeah. He was probably nominated. Yeah, he got, I'm looking got forward to what he's going to do next. Yeah. I need to see whatever fucking weird shit What are you going to do now? And also, you know what? Shout outs again to Olivia Coleman. I love her on Fleabag. Everything she does, I love <laughs> it. But also, like, even the small yes. shit. Like, having... Um, what's his face? Um... Pretty Boy Beast in uh, the X Men series. Oh, uh, Nick Stoller or something. Like Nick Holt. Yeah, uh, Nicholas Holt. Okay, yeah, him going. Go. Oh, there's something down there. Fuck you, are pushing her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her down. The- that was fantastic. Okay, so yeah, uh, I think that's about it. Because in terms of uh, other films, I really enjoyed this year. 
Well, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed Marriage Story. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed Alita Battle Angel. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed Parasite. I don't know. Should we talk about Jojo Rabbit? Because Jojo I, Rabbit I also kind of mentions. came out. It's an honorable mention for me as well. So that's a good like uh, way to like leap into my stuff. Okay. Yeah. Jojo yeah, Rabbit. Yeah. It's okay. Long short of it, it's fucking good. Yeah, well, fuck me. Yeah, it was amazing. It's amazing. I mean, from the moment where they start singing um, Beatles in German over uh, Triumph of the Will is glorious satire. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it was also a glorious <laughs> intro. Yeah, fantastic uh, intro. And then, yeah, every, like Sam Rockwell. I'm now convinced it's impossible for him to do a bad performance. No, I'm looking forward to... He's got a movie out, uh, Richard Jewell, I think. Yeah. Oh, I that, want to see that's that. That's out this... Uh, oh, out yeah. Now. Richard Jewell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, soon. Look forward to yeah. our Richard Jewell review because we here at The Last King will do anything to push the name of Sam Rockwell. Motherfucking the yes. guy. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, you know, ever since Moon, I've been uh, convinced yeah. of this the man's acting Moon. talent. Yes. I was convinced ever since Charlie's Angels Full Throttle or was it the first one? Where oh, he was, well, he was the nerdy that, guy who was no. the bad guy. Oh, <laughs> that was. Oh right, was right, like, right. Oh, wait, this, who is this guy? Ooh. I didn't see that one, so he can have it up. It's not the remake; yeah. it's the yeah. the one with uh, Charlize Theron. Oh, okay. oh, is it Cameron Diaz? Lucy no, Liu. Charlize Theron and, uh, somebody else. Yeah, it's Cameron Diaz. It's Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and Drew Barrymore. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I liked him in that. Yeah, but I kind of want him to like not play a bad guy because like he's a literal Nazi in this one. He was a racist cop in Three Billboards. He's a literal Nazi, but he's got a heart of gold. Yeah. A heart of gold it's like, Nazi. It's also like yes, the, probably the, the best depiction of a closeted gay in a movie I've seen in a long time. No, that's fucking uh, <laughs> the other one. The yeah. Grey Joy. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I, I love the setup with the uh, German Shepherds. What a fucking play of that one. That's a fucking YTT joke right there. Yeah. That is so YTT right there. Yeah, and before anyone complains about saying, oh, they're glorifying uh, Nazism. No, they're not. If you don't understand no, satire, no. you are irredeemable as an individual. Like, how can you watch <laughs> uh, little kids say, fuck you, Hitler, and kick him in the nuts out a window and say, oh, they glorified Nazism? Look, can I say something else also? <laughs> yeah. His best friend is the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Little, what's his name? <laughs> yes. Yorkie, right? Yeah, little Yorkie, like fat boy. <laughs> Yorkie, yeah. Like, also the bit at the end where they call, like, you're alive. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like I can't die. <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Taika is just like amazing. There's something in the New Zealand water where like comedy is next level there. Well, he is mm-hmm. part of the breed that gave us like Flight of the Concords and... Was he part of that, that uh, Concords? He's... I mean, they're the same gang, I guess. I mean, uh, you have to understand. They probably yeah, like, yeah. hung out together because it's Jimmy Clement and the other one who I'm not sure is working. I mean, they work together on fucking What, what We, we Do in the, the shadows. shadows. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. What We Do in the Shadows, there was also Hunt for the Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. So and comedy. you also have to understand the granddaddy of all the most fucked up and glorious comedy and puppet porn of uh, fucking uh, Mr. Jackson himself oh, is yes, from New Zealand. Yes. So the pedigree yeah. is there. <laughs> There's definitely a pedigree there. And... Another amazing performance by Scarlett Johansson. Fuck me, yeah. She should win something that this was year. She a, deserves it. That was such a beautiful portrayal of a mother trying her goddamn best to try and redeem her child going down a bad path. Also in Marriage Story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> She does it twice, apparently. Oh boy, that... Uh, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers, but something that happens in the second half of the movie is 
like because it's like lighthearted fun, lighthearted fun. By the way, this is a war movie. When you follow the butterfly, <laughs> yeah, there's a tinge of yeah. drama yeah. you gotta put in, yes, yeah. and that works really well. And also yeah. the relationship between the main character and uh, his like kind of love interest. It's what the the Jew in the wall. <laughs> the Jew in the wall. <laughs> yeah. What are you? Uh, a Thomas Jew. something. She Bless was... you. Fuck me. That's another YTT <laughs> dude right there. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like the way she just messes with him. Thomas Mackenzie, right? Was it? Yeah, the we actress? can all we all have horns. I shaved it down. Yeah, he's <laughs> like writing it down in his journal. So cute. <laughs> ah. Yeah, yes. and um, it doesn't glorify Nazism. It makes them adorable. No, <laughs> it makes like wannabe Nazis adorable. It makes like actual Nazis ridiculous. Like Rebel Wilson is not annoying for once in her like smart small part. I love her line of yeah, the good kind of the, hilarious. The thing yeah. and run to that man over there. <laughs> give it to him. <laughs> yeah, With a straight accent face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and funny. Uh, one last shout out. We have to give it to Stephen Merchant for being the best creepy Gestapo agent ever. No, that's just him being himself. That's right. just being that's Stephen Merchant. That's his face yeah. right there. <laughs> Stephen Merchant just with a Nazi uniform is like, oh yeah, still works. You don't have to act. Just yeah. go in. I mean, like, uh, I mean, on your point about glorifying Nazism, what the fuck is wrong with you people? No, yeah, but this it's is making fun of Nazis. I mean, dude. it doesn't glorify <laughs> Nazism. But it, it does remind people that there are human beings in every aspect of any situation. Yeah, and also yeah. it's more about like how easy it is to fall into that kind of thing, especially if you target them young enough where they don't have a strong father figure, they kind of isolated. And then you can also mention the fact that Sam Rockwell is probably not even a Nazi at heart because no, it's no. something like conscription or something because you when you meet his character, he doesn't give up the jugal. He actually tells a little Jojo to go away, remember? Yeah. So it's like humanity exists anywhere you find it. But at the same time, it's like, um, I think like the it's whole... It's a surprisingly nuanced take for a satire movie. That's yeah, yeah. what satire requires. That's true, yeah. Nuance. Yeah. <laughs> Great comedy with heart. Yeah, that's the most important thing. You kind of want to believe in that. I mean, like, not since the, maybe the, the producers really have job. I seen funny Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying this is better than Springtime for Hitler per se. <laughs> I mean, well, it's a close second. I yeah. mean, I would put the two of them on the same shelf. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair you know enough, I mean? In fair terms enough. of funny Nazis, this, maybe Charlie Chaplin's, like, the dictator. Yeah. We, we, yes, yes. we don't yeah, yeah. have enough funny Nazis, sir. Yeah, because we need to laugh at them. We yeah. need to like, yes. make them like... You we know. shouldn't be afraid of them. Let's giggle at them. Yeah, like... Especially yeah, when yeah. they go to little Nazi camp. And it's so f- yeah. <laughs> the scene where the kid like, like throws a knife camp, and it bounces Nazis. off and stabs himself. Is <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and the like, in your heart, well, you're like, you deserve a little shit. But then also like, oh, that really hurts. It's a little kid. Like, why am I like cheering at him stabbing his friend? You don't want that to get stabbed. So, yeah, Jojo Rabbit, you need to watch it. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. With yeah, fun, you know, a very heartwarming ending. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I know it's also like earmarked to win best picture. So is this Joker? Once upon a time, nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. Oh man, nineteen seventeen won the Golden Globe. Yeah, and I it might not win best picture, but I think it'll get best director for Sam Mendes. Nineteen seventeen. Yeah, I think nineteen seventeen might take best picture. Yeah, which. I would be very happy if it did because that emotionally affected me in a way a horror, sorry, a war movie hasn't in a long time. Well, it did become a horror movie at one point. Oh, you mean when yeah, they're going through uh, I mean. the German trenches? And the French town. Oh, the French, yeah, the French town's more like a survival it. horror thing kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, survival horror thing. But no, the last part was, ooh, that really, really oh, yeah, hit me home. Was, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
So on that very serious note. So from Jojo Rabbit to another small little feline rodent thingy. Are we gonna do this? Uh, well, first we'll talk about my other honorable mentions. Uh, where, so uh, let's let people try and guess what my uh, first choice for movie of the year is. So I'll first talk about my honorable mentions. Well, you've positioned yourself as the very uh, history historically uh, attuned member of the Last King podcast. Uh, do I say maybe the movie that you enjoyed very much is uh, probably a movie with a date in the title, sir? Uh, yeah. 1917, you mean? Yeah. I technically came out this year, so I'm not sure how much we can talk. We can't talk about it. Yeah, unfortunately, I would I would love to gush more about how amazing that movie is. But unfortunately, uh, it's the best films of 2019, so uh, we'll seeing as how you're the pussy of the group, we're not like cats, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty much. <laughs> Alright, before I talk about my movie of the year, I'll very quickly run down my humble mentions. It's all movies we've talked about before, so John Wick 3... Amazing. It's wonderful. It's just like, you know. I, I, I rewatched it and that. Wonderful ass kicking. I rewatched it and it, I was still taken aback by the, the horse death. Yeah, you know, the like, horse kick. Not one, this but is, two horse kicks. This still, this still affects me. <laughs> two. Yeah, I remember because we watched the preview together. And I've like, not, what the f? I've not seen you giggle like that in such a long time. With a horse! <laughs> or the part where he just like slams a hatchet into someone's head and says, like, stop it. <laughs> And like seven oh, different nut shots with a Malinois. No, s- s- oh my several God, different yes. nut shots with a German Shepherd. Sir. No, they're Malinois. Oh, yeah. Malinois? Sure. Yeah. Whatever, doggies. And uh, yeah, yeah. but of again, like the main problem is like you can tell uh, the Salak guys. It's fully jumped the shark right now. Yeah, the, the, it's it's off the rails. Yeah, the Salak guys are definitely yeah. saying like, okay, Very well, letting you off with this one. It's gonna be a part four, sir. There is gonna be a part four where hopefully, uh, like he. Like hangs up his guns. No, they, they need to give him the glorious death or something. For or sure. you know what? It'd be yeah. terrible though. It's passing of the torch. But who can they give it to? Uh, so no one. Can I call what I want John Wick for to be? Yeah. Just somehow Keanu versus Tom Cruise in a stunt off. Sure. I just want that. Yeah. I just wanted them both to yeah, train yeah. and then we actually fought each other for the scene. We didn't write the ending for the story. Whoever actually won the fight, that's how we end the story. That sounds yeah. perfect. That sounds like the film. That's the radio film of the decade for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that brawl. week after week just for like the pure nonsense of it. I know, but I think is they need to get the nostalgia crap out of the way because uh, Keanu Reeves is doing Bill and Ted 3 and Tom Cruise is doing Top Gun Maverick, right? Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. two they, movies that... Who wants another Top Gun movie? Me. I really like Top Gun. Yeah. Top Gun wanted me the to first be a Top Gun was yeah, really, Top really Gun good. Is, yeah, yes, I also yeah. considered joining the Air Force after watching Top Gun. Yeah, and of course, some of the baddest Kenny Loggins music, sir. <laughs> yes, how, like how many times did they play? And a cheap trick as well. Don't forget cheap trick. The... No, no. How many times did they play fucking Berlin's Dong 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 Dong? Like take my breath away. Like, and a lot of cheap trick. Every time fucking know, like, Kenny McGillis shows up, he's like, yeah. play that song, that Berlin song. Because why not? But yeah, other honorable mentions. I'm gonna have to mention. Look, Endgame wasn't the best Avengers movie. Out of the four? Out of the four, no. Like it's definitely um, Infinity was the best uh, Avengers movie. Then the first one. Then the first one, uh, but it's better than uh, Age of Ultron. So it's of course. the third one. Yeah, but as a uh, wrap up of that uh, era of Marvel, I think it did a good job of saying this is now complete. And if they stop making Marvel movies after that, I would be totally fine with it. 
because the whole world is totally fine with yeah. it. Yeah, even yes. the actors are totally fine with yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah, they're fine if they're million yes. dollar paychecks. And I have to say, the portal scene still gets me. That's mm. yeah. yeah I like everything good. in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, the last twenty minutes was absolutely that is gorgeous. pure comic book like uh, madness. And yeah. you know, talk about every famous painting. My God, like the scene where Captain America basically gets the entire horde all by himself. I was like, dude, the scene where he fucking pummels Thanos with fucking Mjolnir. Yeah. <laughs> Hands yeah, down. Yeah. When that is Mjolnir, that was Spoilers good for stuff, all you asshole as Avengers Endgame. Like, no, that ev- was the scene. Everyone's seen that movie now. Yeah. Yeah, and then on Disney Plus. Yeah, and I think like one <laughs> one last movie I have to talk about because we haven't talked about it is um, Ready or Not, which is a, oh, a yes, smaller yes. movie which came out in September here in Singapore, mm. and the premise is this. Um, Poorer girl is marrying into this wealthy family who have a board game enterprise. And uh, they get married on the estate and they seem very happy. But then there's this thing that they do as a family where they choose a game to play. And Mm -hmm. they just like draw a random card. And the card they choose is hide and seek. But it turns out it's not just hide and seek. It's hide and seek with guns. And That's the best kind of hide and seek, sir. (laughs) And it turns into this... Uh, crazy game of cat and mouse uh, thriller comment stuff. you mean crazy, crazy game of hide and seek uh, black yeah. comedy <laughs> and thriller. it gets brutal but there's there's some oh, stuff yes, which happens to not just the main uh, who I can't remember her name right now but uh, Samara Weaving Samara, Samara Weaving, Weaving who oh. look basically yeah. imagine Margot Robbie take off 10 years that which direction uh, down she's younger, younger than me so okay. 25 I think she is right now Rogi is still immaculate sir. how like, could you oh no Margot Robbie is still my queen but she's like my princess <laughs> put it that way that's how you ship them <laughs> sure no mm, imagine them licking each other's nipples so anyway Samara Weaving did she a did great a fantastic job, job right? yeah. the rest of the supporting cast were amazing especially like shout out to the grandma who is mental and it has more metal than the knives out grandma Yes, because of what she does. So that's the best grandma this year. Yeah, above the Witcher grandma as well. No, the Witcher grandma is oh, the that's best. Oh, that's your. That's your. <laughs> that's the best. Best made track is her. Yeah. Then this grandma, and then knives out grandma. Yeah, because knives out grandma, like the only like good part was I go. <laughs> fantastic old person cackle, mm-hmm. uh, and it has the most batshit ending I've seen this year. I don't yeah. want to spoil it. You need to see it, okay. but it's glorious. It's yeah, and it's not even that long of a film. It's, it's about a, close to two hours, so less than that. It's like an hour even. and a half, hour forty. It's like a beautifully yeah. concise. So it's a, uh, it's a tight ninety minutes. It's a tight ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, it's not got a huge budget. It's fairly no name cast. Is it Blumhouse or something? Mm, or A24? I'm, it's probably it's either A24 or Annapura. It's definitely Fox's for uh, Fox Independence. Oh, studio, they're yeah. still around. I thought Indie Disney group. bought everything. They they've are just still they removed yeah, the name yeah. just now. Okay, so they're just independent. So now it's like independent and such like pictures, yeah. Mm. And 20th century. <sighs> but whatever. But yeah, I would thoroughly recommend that one as well. It's not, you know, pushing any envelopes, but it's just a really nice, tight movie. Kind of like how um, Happy Death Day was a surprisingly tight, fun horror movie, mm. which came out in 2017. It didn't overreach. It knew what it was and yeah. it just did what it had to. Yeah, it's like, I like those kind of movies where it's like, okay, we've got this kind of budget. We have this kind of story we want to tell. We can do this, this, and this. This one's a bit too much. We'll see what we can try. But like, first, just tell a story. Would you call this the double A title? This is a double A equivalent, I would say. Yeah. Or what we call in the industry a B movie. Yeah, this is definitely 
definitely a, a B movie. Definitely a B movie. Yes. Like, and hey, sense. a lot of B movies are fantastic. Terminator, The Thing, yeah, really fun the Warriors. B-movie. These are yeah. B movies. Yeah, and just like you know, I'm interested in seeing what Samara movie does that. Oh yeah, she's in Guns Akimbo next. What's that? Oh, there's uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Harry one. Potter yeah, is in a video Radcliffe. game or something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it's gonna be Harry Potter and the Clone of Margot Robbie in a movie. It Fine, reminds me so much of Scott Pilgrim. The, is, is Edgar Wright involved in this in any way? Ah uh, no, no no no, that's another I, director. I, think I don't think he's announced his next project yet. Edgar Wright? Yeah. Edgar Wright can do whatever he he's wants. He's doing man. something, but I don't think he's said a title yet. I think he's kind of struggling because uh, the last thing I saw him in was like three days ago, where he and the entire cast of Space had an anniversary get together. Oh yeah. Oh, right, like, right. oh, it's like it's like it's weird seeing how Simon Pegg has aged. Yeah. And Nick Frost too. Nick Frost like kind of lost weight, but he's like you know he's graying around the size, right? Yeah. Edgar Wright looks the same. He's forever a teenager. I think it's because he managed to sneak into the Hollywood party where they drink the virgin's blood and it's still like affecting him. Mm-hmm. Because he was almost part like of the uh, studio up, system, up to system with system. Uh, Ant-Man until <laughs> he got kicked off. No, glad that happened actually. Because yeah. I mean, I'm really curious what, to see what he does next because Baby yeah. Driver was actually pretty good. Baby Driver was fine. It, it was great. Good yeah. stuff. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, it didn't make money, right? So he's kind of suffering. It made suffering. reasonable money. I think the problem was that a year later, uh, we found out that... Um, oh, Spacey. Space? Yeah. Kevin Spacey wasn't acting when he was a creepy motherfucker. Oh, man. You know four of his accusers have died in mysterious circumstances? Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. I love the conspiracy theory. But, mm-hmm. no, nah, Kevin Spacey... No, wait. Yeah, he, he, he could do it. Mm. I've seen seven. Yeah. I'm imagining that moment where he walks into like the LAPD detective. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh god damn it, Kevin Spacey, stop! <laughs> yeah, please stop. Like you found out he's stop actually been, uh, like, been in uh, character acting for the last twenty years. God damn it, you played Bobby Darren in Under the Sea. That fil- that was an amazing film. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, but yeah, you know, shout out to Kevin Spacey. I still, I, I really <laughs> no, miss him. No, shout out to Kevin Spacey. No, shout out to Kevin Spacey. No. He, he was the best thing about House of Cards all five seasons. Yes. Fine. Sure. <laughs> and also seven. And also um, American Beauty. Oh man. Usual suspect. American yeah, Beauty. Yeah. American Beauty. I hated him in Capex. Though. That movie was really bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and still hands down, he's well, the best Christopher K-Pax, Walken man. impression. <laughs> okay. Where were we again? So, Cats. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> my movie of the year. <laughs> Is cats? Wait, do we break it to mu- into song right now? No, because we've already introduced ourselves, so the movie's over. So here, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, boys and girls. Uh, so, um, cats. Eccentric Tom. Ca- <laughs> he likes cats. He loves cats. No, eccentric Tom. Hey, you have to do the baritone, John. Eccentric Tom. Eccentric Tom. Eccentric Tom. He loves them cats. Eccentric Tom. He loves them cats. Eccentric Tom. Yeah, that's probably better than the actual movie. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is the singing that bad in the film? It is awful. It is. I vomit. It It is. Like, here's uh, all you need to know. It is a ticket to a lobotomy. When they made the movie, (laughs) none of the actors were wearing mocap. Oh, yeah. We're trying to use that amazing Irishman technology. We just filmed the actors that we based on the effect. And right? so everything about it from... I mean, the, I'll say the things that were good... <laughs> I can't even say what it's really face. Well. The things that were acceptable <laughs> is that the cast were honestly trying their best because it was a mix of old school uh, 
theatre darlings like Ian McKellen and Dench. Judy Dench and up-and-comers who are, you know, career musical theatre kids who are really trying their absolute best. Like James Corden, obviously. Fuck James Corden and fuck <laughs> Rebel Wilson. But um, the Francesca Hayward, who's a newcomer, she actually tried her goddamn best and I was... You know what I'm really sad for? Like, if this is their break for some of them. Oh no, I looked at one of the supporting. All that she has on IMDb is Cats. Oh, poor, <laughs> And it's a three different girl. versions because she's actor and then soundtrack. <laughs> the production stuff. Oh god, you poor girl. Get out now. Change your name. So, Re- join the guild again. So that's the good part. The horrifying part is that um, scale is all over the shop. So cat, at some point, cats are like up to like a person's midriff, and then and that's point they're an inch tall, dancing on railway tracks. What do you mean? Oh, they're and all like the dinner scene where they're the same size cats, but like it's three different sizes of like a knife and fork. When right. uh, Mongustine and Rumple teasers are doing their thing, didn't we address this in the, the the theater play by not having any of this be involved? Yeah, well, that's the problem because Tom Hooper is a hack, and he wanted to make this movie. And what has he done previously again? Uh, King's Speech, Les Mis, Danish Girl. So yeah, I can see the pedigree. Yeah, mediocre, <laughs> okay. all right, <laughs> terrible. Then this movie. Convince him he could make cats. He Who did. convinced him to do the the effects that way? No, thing is like when they did the the um, the matinee, uh, he came up and said that this movie is about the dangers of tribalism and like being stuck in your own clan. He obviously hasn't seen cats. And then Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Webber came up and said, "Okay, so this is very much a Tom's movie," <laughs> which I think was meant to be like a compliment, but it's like. What a way to wash your hands of this fucking train. Andrew Lloyd Webber literally just said, "Wow." I got paid to come here. The bus is right there. He is laying on the tracks right now. Good night. This is a goddamn <laughs> horror show of weird CGI effects. It's like basically Cats as a musical is weird in of itself because it's based on a T.S. Eliot poem. And mm. that, if that name means anything to you, you know that stuff like coherency and logical plots are a foreign concept. But they had to make it into like an actual storyline with uh, Francesca's character. Mm. And it kind of works apart from the entire movie is just two uh, two plus hours of cats introducing themselves, introducing someone else, introducing another person. Look, at least it's shorter than the actual theatre play. I yeah. sat through that shit once. Oh yeah, please tell us about your experience watching uh, Cats. Damn, but that thing, it's fucking four hours <laughs> long, sir. I wasn't that With a, an intermission. And wasn't that a first date for you? It was a first date. I thought <laughs> it was going to be some really cool guy taking this girl out. We're going to go see a theater show because we adult, adult people go see theater shows. We were watching Cats. I was watching her from the corner of my eye yawning throughout the entire thing. I was kind of trying to be my best, you know, scratching my chin, looking at this, going like, oh yeah, this is well performed, songs are very nicely done, the sets are imaginative, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> trying to impress this poor girl who obviously would rather watch Ace Ventura Pet Detective at that point of time. So, lo and behold, the thing ends at the two-hour mark. I thought, oh, that was uh, very well done. Yes, uh, even though they didn't wrap up things as much as I thought it would be. As we were leaving, please come back in 20 minutes for the intermission. <laughs> she looks at me and says, can we go back? And I'm like thinking, look, bitch, I paid $200 for these tickets. These are fucking Broadway cast came down to Singapore. Late 90s money. I was a kid. You know how hard it is to get $200? It is very hard to get that much money. you know how many fucking video games and comic books I had to like wean off from just to afford this? 
how many fences he got to paint and so forth. I wasn't attracted to boobs. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we we sat through all of cats. And and the the thing is, right, I thought I liked it. Yeah. And in hindsight, oh, yeah. You said you thought. No, I'm I'm, I'm just going to say this for once and for all. You know, like, for all the times I mentioned musical theater or like stage productions like Oklahoma and Rent and whatever. Yeah, they're all fucking overrated. Yeah. (laughs) I can't help but say that. Like, the only... Um, musical I generally like for it being good is Jesus Christ Superstar. For me, it's Book of Mormon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, two very different <laughs> movies about the same topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yes. No, so the movie Cats, everything about it is a glorious mess. From um, Ian McKellen, like, talk singing through his part as Asparagus to Theatre Cats. To Jason Derulo's right. joke. Going, MILK! Into the screen. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Fucking, uh, what's his face? Um, Idris Elba. Trying his oh, that's goddamn McCavity, best. Right? Yeah. And just saying, like, McCavity! As he's doing, like, weird magical <laughs> shit and stealing cash and wipe up in the barge. Listen, Idris Elba, this is what happens when you turn down Django. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And then we've got motherfucking um, what's his face Dame Judi Dench James no. Corden no Growl Tiger yeah, James Corden um, a character actor let me look it up character actor oh from the UK who's famous for doing Cockney Gangsters uh, Jason Derulo Ram Tam no. Tiger yeah. Growl Tiger but yeah okay. he's not a singer by any stretch of imagination and they make him sing and it is gloriously awful <laughs> keep going Growl Tiger. Ray, Ray Winstone. Winstone. Ray Winstone. Ray Winstone. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. He's in this piece of shit? Yes, he is. I did not know this. Oh my god. You... <laughs> did you really need a paycheck that bad? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, he was in The Departed. He was in Sexy Beast. Yeah, he was in Cold Mountain. He was Beowulf. Yes, he was Beowulf. Beowulf. That's right. He was uh, also in The Queen's Corgi, which came out this year. As yeah, well. so yeah, maybe you can see why he was in this. Yeah, hey Ravenstone, I used to respect you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the reason why for me this is the movie of the year is not because there's anything redeemable in its quality, but because it was the most fun I've had at cinema in such a long time. I brought my long-suffering, wonderful wife with me. You mean still suffering, sir? Still suffering. <laughs> She's still, not fully forgiven still. me for taking her there. But it was... It was almost like watching a Rocky Horror Picture Show because no one was taking it seriously. Were people singing in the audience with you? Some people were singing in the background, yeah. No, that's the best way to watch it. Yeah, and like that's there cool. were these two, that's I think cool. there were theater kids from like the local JC who mm-hmm. like stormed out in the first 15 minutes so offended <laughs> like the piece of shit they were watching. This isn't the masterpiece I expected. And the best part is I watched the unpatched version. So you have, oh, so you have like the human right, right. face with like the cat ears which... For the main cast, kind of works. For the background, not really, because like they're very static. Then you've got like mm-hmm. weird cat-like humany bodies, and then these human hands appear, like full-on humany hands. Especially like with Judy Dench, because she's got her fucking red wedding ring on. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So and basically, it wasn't so much Cats the musical, more like a furry party about to happen. Yeah, pretty much. This is like mm-hmm. this is what I imagine happens at Fur Fest uh, after nine <laughs> when everyone's drunk. Imagine you've been there a few times, sir. We weren't meant to talk about that. That's not a tail. That's his silver fox again. (laughs) Oh, man. And like, oh my God, like I could pick about every single part. Like the only cat that wears pants is Skimbleshanks, the tap dancer. 
because they couldn't animate his legs moving that fast, so they had to use uh, <laughs> uh, trousers to cover it up. Because through the magic of, uh, you know, uh, a budget. <laughs> yeah, or James Corden playing a fat fuck cat who sits around like being a fat fuck eating things. Very against type, I notice. Yeah, and then uh, Rebel Wilson being a... Fat fuck female being, cat? Yeah, who fuck. has a bunch of cockroaches with human faces dancing around. And she casually just eats cockroaches as they're like performing a tattoo. It's... Okay. And then she pulls off her actual skin to wear like a... Like a glossy uh, unitard. To like do like a big performance. Her human skin? Her cat skin? She 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 skins herself. She skin. She found a way to skin a cat, and there's a leotard underneath. Yeah, and instead the, of a leopard. And then there's like no joke, literally a cat no orgy where Taylor Swift drops like a uh, catnip on them all, and they start like humping each other, humping each other while she sings about my cavity. Maybe Taylor Swift's in this. She's got bigger boobs as a cat person than in real life. Well, you know, CGI is expensive. Yeah, that's where all of the money went. Not until like you know actual. <laughs> This movie cost $300 million. <laughs> so I'm guessing two thirds of There are people starving in Africa. Makeup. <laughs> this yeah. movie cost $300 million. Yes, there, there are people living on the streets and someone gave a fucking hack of a director $300 million to make this fucking shambolic, glorious failure. You know what's worse? Yeah. You actually enjoy this, huh? I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, no irony whatsoever. I enjoyed it because I was watching a man I hate directorial career disintegrate in front of me. I watched Tom Hooper lose the ability to make movies for a good five years. And for that reason alone, it's my movie of the year. Fair yes, enough. I am a vindictive piece of shit and I love every moment of watching him utterly miss the point of making a movie. Last King fans. Yeah. That's been our best movies of 2019. <laughs> what was your best movie of 2019? Please let us know. Did you enjoy Cats as much as Tom did? <laughs> did you have the exact same reasons for enjoying Cats? I don't know. Were you or were you so were you sober watching Cats? Oh no, I need know. to watch this high. Oh yes, god. That'll be good. That'll be the next yes. experience. Especially yeah. the part where oh I even forgot to mention this part. Jennifer Hudson, there's like a furlong close-up she's of her. She's in this memories. also. Oh yeah. my god. She, yes, she's in she this. She has film. a career. And what like, is she doing? It's a like super close, like uh, close-up of her face as she's singing memories. Like the snot coming out of her nose and she's like bawling as she's singing. It's such an awful image of her like utterly ugly crying into the camera. It's like, uh, you, look, you, you, have feel to like you feel like Tom Hooper was like... Like the total opposite of Len Miserable's uh, scene with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a moment for us to remind ourselves how brave Jennifer Hudson is in her choices. And in her paychecks, apparently. Yeah, but, <laughs> but to be fair, her version of Memories was pretty good. No, I heard it on Spotify, yeah. It's, I think it's the version for me now. For sure. Like the part where it's funny, like it's the final combination. And then they finish up with her going into like a weather balloon chandelier and then flying off into the sky to do something. I don't remember that ending. Uh, yeah, because all the Jellicoe cats have to go to the heavy side layer. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> last game fans, please watch Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, please watch that. If you want to watch a $300, $300 million movie that actually does something for you. Yeah, watch, watch a well-made one with passion. Yeah, or you can watch one without passion, uh, Endgame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can either watch Comfortably Made Soullessness or Very Comfortably Made Soulful Work. 
And oh. then there's cats. Oh, <laughs> right there's the side. <laughs> that other category we cannot define like, right now. The nadir yeah, category. Yeah, I mean, like, category, cats, it's, yes. it's not so bad as good. It's not like the room oh, where... Oh, whoa, whoa. Where, How dare you, sir? Because the room has redeeming qualities because of who Tommy Wiseau is. The, re- the room has ambition, sir. What does cats have? Um... A lot of CGI. We have uh, Jason Derulo's junk being uh, digitally uh, made smaller because apparently in his skin suit it was too big and distracting, so they had to reduce <laughs> it. He's a fucking cat, sir. <laughs> yeah. They also had to remove all the cat nipples for some reason, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should end this. <laughs> this podcast just gave me cancer. <laughs> cat cancer. Meow. <laughs> So, on that note, it was a nice way to look back at 2019. <laughs> what was your favorite film? The good, the bad, and the, oh, ugly. the, the, the very the ugly. Good, the bad, and yeah. the derulo. <laughs> yep. So, yep, yep. Last game fans, <laughs> come back next year when we review 2020, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or just stick yeah. around. We're going to be talking about things. We'll be talking uh, about actual stuff after new this. New things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yes, we saw Cats for your entertainment. No, I watched it for my entertainment. I p- watched it purely because I he wanted to cats. see this. He, and he was never the same again. <laughs> yes. I think I maybe I did receive brain damage because of that movie. Like, that's the only thing that... More than s- usual, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The only way that could explain my, like, sincere enjoyment of watching that movie. Okay, let's stop right now. Oh, God. Yeah. This uh, has been your Jellical Choice, except <laughs> <laughs> This has been uh, McKevitt Jonathan, Mr. Toffee. And this is Jason Derulo's junk signing out. <laughs> <laughs>